This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 41 is actually, it's one of, it's Psalm 41. One is one of my, was one of my father's favorite verses in in scripture. And in many ways it defined or led his life. And I want to deal with that because he passed away. He passed away he, next month. It'll be three years. I guess it's June now. End of this month, it would be three years ago. And as we deal with this Psalm, I think it's real important that what David says here, him being a king, him being him being a, a man who came from somewhat lowly circumstances, although David's father was not poor, David was a shepherd, and shepherds were not considered to be, was, it wasn't a great profession. It was considered to be a lowly profession. It, was, it wasn't a permanent uh, place to live. Sheep herders had to move around. They were nomads, and his father, Jesse, although he had several sons. So in, in, in a biblical sense, he was blessed. He And he had enough sheep to sustain his family. In all likelihood, he was not what we would consider a, a man of high position. And David understood what it meant to be one of the lowliest, lower people of society. And then he ascended all the way up to the throne of Israel and to be one of the most powerful kings and most powerful uh, military leaders of his age, and if not the most powerful of his age. And he understood the gradation of, of society and how, how people see other people and how they treat other people. And this verse can define that for us and allow us to see what God's view of, of those things are and allow us to, to gain an understanding of how God operates in this. And then as we gain that understanding, we can begin to be like our Heavenly Father and think and, and consider and be uh, who He is in the world we live in. It says blessed, and blessed means to get His very best. We like to put blessed everywhere. I say blessed because it's the way I grew up when I was memorizing the King James Version of Verses. Uh, for Bible drill as I was a small child, I just, I, I, I always remember being blessed, not blessed, but blessed is he who considers or uh, leaves at a forefront the poor. As you read that, you're going to miss out if you don't understand that the Hebrew language is a word picture language. It's a language that tends to each word is a picture out in the world that you can look at and, and draw a lot of more a lot of depth and a lot of meaning from the words. And and so when we read this, you would think, blessed is the one who considers, thinks about the poor. That's not really what it means, although it does mean that. It means a great deal more than that. What it means is, blessed is he who, who takes in regard or regards or thinks about 
or considers when he's making decisions or ideas or plans, when he's deciding on what is best and proper to do, when he is making business decisions, when he's making uh, decisions on societal issues, that he regards, and this word for poor is the word doll, and and I want to really kind of hone in on it because it means low, poor, weak, or lesser. But the word literally means to dangle or to, I'll, I'll read it to you, it's something, it says something hanging or swinging like a leaf of a door or a door being hung up and swinging. And what it means is the person who is just barely holding on. It's the idea of, of the person hanging off uh, the balcony and, and their fingertips are just barely there. I think of the meme back when we didn't know what memes were of the small cat hanging on to the knot at the end of the rope and, and the caption is keep hanging on at the bottom, just barely hanging there. Because if you consider that, if you think about that, when that tree is shaken, what is the first to fall and the first to be lost? The first to be hurt by the, the thing that's first to be hurt by is, is the weakest of the things. And so many times in life and so many times in, in the way we do things, when we make decisions, we consider the strong. We consider what's, gonna, what's going to increase ourselves, what's going to uh, broaden her, our horizon, what's going to uh, help, our, help us in our progression toward whatever our goals or our interests are. And so when we make decisions, oftentimes at the forefront is the very best. And, and even in, in our own Christian culture, in our own society, and even in my own, sometimes in my Christian teaching, um, I, I, I have been taught that as a pastor, that my consideration should have always been, should always be for the very for the the top twenty percent and the ones who are actually doing the work and actually get, get moving the church ahead, and that I should leave the eighty percent the ones who are not really ever really contributing, never, not really ever even doing. Anything. I should not make them the any in, in, in any way the primary focus of what I'm doing or the decisions that are being made. Even as I think back on those those times when I was taught that, I, I realized that is out of line with the scripture. It's out of line with, with what God's word says, because if I'm going to shake the tree, if I'm going to shake the tree, who is going to be hurt? Well, it's not going to be the strong limbs who, who come right from the trunk because they're anchored in so strong that there's no way that, that they're going to break and, and are very unlikely they will. And it's not even the branches that come off those limbs that are, are thick and full of life. And, it, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be even the twigs that hold multiple leaves on them, although they may break if the tree is sh- shaken strongly enough. But what's really going to suffer from the shaking of the tree is the leaf that just barely hangs on. It's the poor, it's the weak. And the way I think about that is this. If someone is not quite as intelligent as I am, then they're the poor and the weak. If someone is not quite as wealthy as I am, then they are the poor and the weak in regard to me. If someone is not as resourceful or someone doesn't have the connections 
or someone doesn't have the, the even growing up has been taught a certain morality or certain character traits as I do, then they are the weak. And my dad was uh, a state senator for a while and here in Alabama. And he was, he, he was, that was back in the day when all, everybody was a Democrat in, in the state. And I'm not getting into politics really, but there was a broad swath of individuals that during that time understood having a concern and a care for the, and anyone who is not as, as knowledgeable as I am, or not as successful or not as in, in my position, they are in the regard of this verse, they are what I would say would be a poor or a weak in comparison to me. And this verse clearly indicates that I am blessed when I make decisions that take into account or regard those people. It is a blessing to do that. It is important for us to do that because remember that is the motivating factor of God in his dealings with us. He being the Lord of glory, the King of heaven, the ancient of days did not disregard us when we became sinful in the garden of Eden, but had a plan to redeem us. So he took the ultimate regard for those who were less than him. In fact, his very character and nature is to have complete regard for those who are poor, weak, lesser, or hanging on, barely hanging on. He has great regard for them. And so when we make decisions or when we do things in life, when we live each day, do we, do we regard those who, who are in that season or time in that location and place are maybe a little lesser than us. And we as a free society and we as Americans, we don't want to think of people as uh, lesser because we're all equal. And we are all equal in rights, equal in our humanity, but we're not all the same. And God realizes that there is no sameness among human beings. And he tells us here in this passage, he says, you need to have regard for those who are not the same as you and are in this situation that you're in a lesser position, in a position where they might just barely be hanging on and you have a stronger grip on whatever you're doing. You have, a, I'm at one of the, one of the things that I've always tried to do as an attorney, because when I came out, if you go to law school, they teach you a lot about the theoretical, but they teach you nothing about the practical or not a whole lot. And you say, why don't they fix that? Because really the three years has to be focused on the theoretical. If it's not focused on the theoretical, then you come out not really with the tools that you need to actually understand the law. And so you're practicing something that you don't really even know, but you don't know the practical. You don't know all the very practical little things that make, make an attorney a good attorney. What paperwork to fill out? What's the process of going through and getting something done? What motion do I file? 
And I've always tried to have regard for those after I learned it because there were so many people who were good to me and helped me in the process. I, I remember that. And I remember that those who are new to what's going on don't know the process, even though they might be actually more intelligent than I am. They may have what far more skill and knowledge to be a good lawyer than I do, but at the moment, they are what I would say this script verse, this passage of scripture says is the weak. And it is my responsibility from God because he says, I want to bless you if you have regard for those who are less in the situation that you're in. And that can take so many forms. So it can take so much. It can appear in so many ways out there in your life that, that you don't even imagine. Say I'm, say I'm driving down the road and I've got a, a 20 year old pickup truck and it's got uh, 250,000 miles on it. And I've taken care of that pickup truck and I, I'm a good old country boy and my, I know how to work on vehicles. I know how to take care of things. And I drive past them in a Mercedes Benz boat broken down on the side of the road because their tire is flat. In that position, you say, well, the person with the Mercedes is in a higher position, but at that moment, they're not <laughs> because that Mercedes is not driving and they're on, on the road by themselves, maybe even in a dangerous spot in the curve of a road. And the good old country boy is in a higher position because they know how to fix the problem. And if they were to pull over to the side of the road and help that person, maybe help that older lady who really can't change that tire, help them get that done, they would be one who had regard for someone in a weaker position. It is, I think, a important character trait. It reveals who you are and your very nature and whether or not you're actually taking on the nature of your father. If you have regard for the weak, it says the Lord, if you're that type of person, if you consider the poor, he says, the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble also. Notice, if you have regard for the weak, then in your time of trouble, the, the Lord always delivers you in your time of trouble. He, he takes care of you just like you are being like him taking care of others. And I will say this, there is a truth about building a reservoir of goodwill with those who are maybe at the moment in a lesser position than you. I see so many people who treat servants in restaurants like they're lesser than them. I see so many people treat people behind the counter stores or maybe workers as if they're lesser or they're servants. And I'm thankful that I am a servant of a master who is always good and always graceful and always loving to me, and he's the king of the universe. And if he can be that way toward me, how much more should I be toward those who, who can't? I, I think of the parable of Jesus telling of the man who was brought before the king and he owed such a great debt to the king that there was no way in his whole life he would ever repay that debt. And the king, he begged for mercy from the king and, and the king and the, or the ruler gave him that mercy. And then when he was released and right outside the doors of where mercy, he, mercy had found him, he, he ran across a guy who owed him just a few days wages, several days wages. And he grabbed him 
and said, pay me now. And the guy said the exact same thing that he had said to the ruler, just give me time. I will pay what I owe. I'm going to do my very best to, to take it. He had no regard for that man and had him thrown into jail. And when the ruler found out about that, he, he condemned him and had him thrown into jail because the ruler had regard for his servant, but the servant had no regard for the man who was lesser than him. And really your continual in the world around you to have regard for those who, who from a societal standpoint seem to be in a lesser position than you reveals your character. He said, the Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Uh, a reservoir of goodwill can easily be used by God to do uh, amazing things for you in the life that you live and in the world that you live in. And I think it's an important thing that we consistently and regularly consider those who are just barely hanging on, those who dangle in our society. He said, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And you say, why does the Bible say that the Lord's going to preserve and keep him alive? Because God wants that going on in the world. He wants his very character and nature, the very loving and considerate nature that he has. He wants that perpetuated in the world he lives in. So he keeps you alive so that it can be perpetuated. You say, this is your father's favorite verse, but he died three years ago. Why didn't God keep him alive? I, I think about that myself. And, and I have a great answer for that. If you had known my dad, you would know that he really should have died a long time before he did. He had cancer three separate times. Amazing. Three different types of cancer. My father could eat five times what I eat. And I, I really don't know how he didn't weigh seven, 800 pounds. I, I, at 25 years older than me, there was no time in my life that I could out eat my dad. I might not could have eaten half of what he ate. Really shocking. He was a very heavy man, but he was half as heavy as he should have been. I have no, if I had his metabolism, I probably wouldn't weigh but about 150 pounds. And I make those comments in a somewhat of a joking way, but I make them also to point out that God could have took him at any time. He had multiple opportunities and occasions just off of just the physical issues that my doc father had. He had diabetes, he had gout, he had, he had everything. He could have taken my father out a long time before he did. And I really believe that because my father did have consideration for those who were lesser, he did take care of those in need that my father was able to, he was able to, to make it and live a lot longer than maybe his lifestyle as far as taking care of himself would, would indicate he would. And then I think about the people in my life who I consider to be great men and women who have fed into me. And they were always men and women who cared for those lesser than them. They were not pretentious. They were not arrogant. They were always seeking to better those around them. And the best people to better around you are the people who are, who are lesser than you. And those people generally have their lives preserved so that they might be the grace of God to those in need around them. And it says in verse two, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he will be blessed on the earth and you will not deliver him into the will of his enemies. And what that reveals is that God protects them. He protects those who care about those 
who dangle, who are barely hanging on in a situation. He protects them. He says, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. That, that kind of goes into more detail about how God sustains those who care about it. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? And if he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to himself when he goes out. He tells it. And that's really probably one of the uh, character traits that is required in order to, to be one who takes consideration of those who are lesser. You have to be one who understands being lesser, meaning that God has revealed to you your weakness and your and your and your lack of holiness. That that you're not perfect. In fact, you're broken and you're fallen. And without God's mercy and grace, you're unredeemable. And David is talking about that. He says, "Be merciful to me, heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. I'm a sinner." And realizing that you are a sinner saved by grace helps you be a sinner saved by grace who cares for those who are weak and dangle and need a sinner saved by grace. There is nothing worse in the church of Jesus Christ than arrogance about your position. Jesus said he would be first, must be last, and the servant of all. And if you, you perceive yourself to be first or the high up in the kingdom of heaven, you absolutely do not understand God's order of things and how he does things. Philippians 2, the psalm, the just the powerful passage says that Jesus who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God or staying in that position, something to be grasped, but humbled himself and became a man, took on the form of a man, not only just took on the form of a man, but became a servant. And he goes through all his suffering and dying on the cross. And, and I would challenge you to study that if you want to really understand the mindset of Jesus Christ in his relation to us and his regard for us who dangle who just barely make it. He said, all who hate me whisper together against me, they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Even my own familiar friends in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Notice he's saying that the whole world's against him. But, and the truth is, sometimes you might even think that. But that's still not a reason not to consider the weak as you go through life. He says, but you, O Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up. And can the people around you say that of you? Do you Are you merciful to them? Do you raise them up that I may repay them? By this, I know that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel for everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. From everlasting to everlasting and amen. In the time that we're in uh, right now, the characteristic and the character trait of having regard for the weak is probably one of the most powerful character characteristics that a believer can have. It is one that will sway and make a difference in the world we live in more ways than we could ever imagine. 
And so I would say to you today, as we have broken open God's word and looked at it, are you one who have has regard for those who barely hang on or dangle? Are you one who has regard for those who are just barely making it? Do you uh, consider them when you're going through your daily task of life? Do you consider them when you make your decisions? If you do, you're a lot like your Lord. And if you do and you give them grace and mercy and hope, then you are exactly like your Lord because that's what he does for you. And I would pray that would be the case for you, that you would you would regard those around you who struggle and that you would be one who would lend a hand and lend some hope to them because there is hope. And oftentimes people need that hope to overcome their troubles and their difficulties. And you sometimes will be able to see the possibilities that they cannot see. And they need to hear those possibilities from you. I pray that we would be that. I pray that uh, we would do that well. And so I say that for you this morning also. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.